Welcome to Sportfire, the podcast where we're talking sports talk, bringing you trending interviews with sports newsmakers each and every week. I'm your host, Adam Weinrib, and I will not be at the Super Bowl unless someone wants to give me a ride. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Napster, Blocker, Jared Valdir's dating site for offensive linemen, Rafael Palmero's Angel Fire page, and name dropped in the middle of the second verse of Damian Lillard's Hulu Has Live Sports Rap. Plenty of great guests coming up, but first, let's do something we invented and take a quick trip through the headlines. NBA fans across the country made an absolute killing this week, shorting stocks of Bryant Reeves and Michael Olawakandi on Robinhood. Mets owner Steve Cohen was actually chased off Twitter in the wake of the GameStop short squeeze, marking the first time a Barstool sports mob ever harassed someone who wasn't a woman. Speaking of the Mets, former manager Mickey Calloway is under investigation after years of inappropriate text messages surfaced, following GM Jared Porter's firing for similar messages. No confirmation yet on the allegation that Mr. Met has also sent reporters explicit photos of his giant ball. An NFL blockbuster went down this week as the Lions traded Matthew Stafford to L.A., while Jared Goff went to Detroit. Goff said he was wary of the Lions' history of chasing in their prime superstars into retirement, but the Lions were like, yeah, no, you're good. Meanwhile, it'll be so long before the Rams have a first-round pick again that the NBA MVP will be still LeBron James. Bronny will have just retired. Matthew Stafford and Dodgers lefty Clayton Kershaw are now both in Los Angeles. Fun fact, they both went to high school. Wait, together? Whoa, that's cool. Former American League MVP Dustin Pedroia announced his retirement this week. The ex-Red Sox says he wants to spend more time getting confused for his kids. The world is obsessed with courtside Karen, the Hawks fan who heckled LeBron in Atlanta. I'm glad the NBA restricted attendance to only a few people per game and then let those few people sit extremely close to the court. That's like asking everyone at the grocery store to wear a mask, then demanding they lick the self-checkout station. No fans in the stands at NBA games in 2021. Great, the first row will be filled with spitting cobras. Why? Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni raised questions about his competence after an uncomfortable opening press conference. When asked for comment, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy said, yeah, no, Philly was the one I turned down. EA announced the return of a college football video game this week. It'll be just like the NCAA games you remember, except without the players and teams and with NFL teams instead. Tom Brady said ahead of the Super Bowl, he will definitely consider playing after 45. But to be fair, that's what he calls President Trump. The ageless Brady could honestly go four more years. Four more years. According to the NFL, the official attendance at Super Bowl 55 will be 25,000 fans, 30,000 cutouts, and one fan who's stuck behind cutouts. Just all game. Ex excuse me, sir, down in front. <laughs> Three quarters of standing. I, I really do not get this. Kansas City and Tampa have engaged in the traditional mayor's bet ahead of the big game. If the Bucks win, Kansas City's mayor will send them traditional KC barbecue. And if Tampa wins, Kansas City gets herpes. And make sure to get your Super Bowl prop bets in this week. I've got three to two odds, a Patriots fan and a Tom Brady jersey claims this one counts for New England too. 
Later on, we've got a Where Are They Now segment with the crying Knicks kid from Chris Tapp's Porzingis' draft night. But coming up, we'll be right back with an interview with a pretty interesting football coach. Now we're talking with reverse Ted Lasso, Theodore Loopy Rope. How's it going, Theodore? What then? Just an old English chap from the Premier League here to make an utter shit of myself in American football. <laughs> Very cool. So how are you adapting to life in the NFL? Well, nobody likes me. I don't understand any of the terminology, and I'm quite sure my boss is using me to seek revenge on an ex-husband. But at least I'm frustratingly charming, in it? Wait, you're, uh, you're, your boss is what? Very toxic. Anyways, I'm looking into contracts with other teams, uh, thinking either FC New York or FC New York Large. The Jets and Giants? Uh, the, the two FCs that are in New York. See, that's why we call them by different names. American team names are so silly and wasteful. The cartoons give me the city and a couple of letters and fuck off. There aren't enough teams in New York, by the way. What do you mean? There's there's two. There's about 12 Premier League teams in London, and we like it that way. You should just put them all in New York. Much easier. Less time on the bus. Okay. Uh, why did you decide to come to America anyway? Well, after I was sacked by FC Chelsea and divorced by my ex-wife Chelsea, I figured I'd come to America to spread my message of hope, togetherness, and having a six-figure managing position despite no knowledge of the sport. So are you picking up the game all right? Anything giving you trouble so far? I don't understand why they put the goals so high in the air. The, the goals? You have to get the ball through those gigantic goals up in the sky to score? How is anyone strong enough to get the ball up there? They are not light balls, by the way. We are not kicking balloons here. Oh, you know, you just have to get it in the end zone, right? It, it doesn't have to go through the poles. What? Yeah, those aren't for touchdowns. Well, that's some shit. They should cover the end zone with a net so people don't get confused. Yeah, that would be a good idea in, uh, in this one scenario. Uh, anything else I can clear up? Why is the pitch so short? Are we talking about baseball? No, the pitch with the grass. Oh, the, the field. Mrs. Fields? No. Uh, in American football, we call it a field uh, because we're not weird. Fair enough. There are some things I do get, you know. In England, we have these rules about what you can and cannot do by the queen. No hitting, no spitting, no breathing. The big three. As far as I can tell, it's basically the same for the quarterback in American football, yes? Yes. I also know every goal is worth six for some reason, probably because you lot are too dumb for the metric system. Oh, and I know that Ben Roethlisberger is washed up. Oh, you, uh, you figured that out already. Wow. Oh, and during American games, no one is drunk? What's all this then? You mean the fans? No, the managers, players, refs. Usually before our games, the grass is watered with Guinness. We're all pissed off our gourds. No, the uh, coaches and players are sober in American football. For the whole two hours? Yes. How is that possible? It's their job? I've been drunk at my job more often than I've been not drunk at my job. Hey, when did the players stop wearing knickers? I don't think they ever wore knickers. Oh, damn shame. That's a damn shame. Okay, um, are you excited at all for your first Super Bowl? No, I don't understand the spectacle whatsoever. Where I come from, we show up, get the job done, go eat a rock-hard piece of bread stuffed with head cheese, don't brush our teeth, and we're in bed by nine. Oh, and wait a tick, do all American activities come with half-hour breaks for celebrities? As if it's not bad enough, they have to stop the clock every 10 seconds. Now they want to shut the whole thing down in the middle, clear the grass, and let Maroon 5 take their shirts off for half an hour. Total pisser. Have you watched any other Super Bowls to get a feel for things? 
Yes, and I hate them. Okay, well, have you learned anything? In my sport, it would literally take several weeks to blow a 28 to three lead. How is that even plausible? I don't know. Huh, back in the Queensland, the man who passed to that Malcolm Butler fellow would have been killed. Why didn't he just hand it off to Marshawn Lynch? That was the first American football game I ever watched, and I was like, kiss my big fat bollocks. Good point. And how do you play defense on Tom Brady without getting a red card? Doesn't seem possible. Theodore Loopy Rope, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Right then. Well, I'm off to grab drinks with me new wife. She's a reverse flea bag. And that's... An American woman who talks directly away from the camera. We're talking about what to do with my son, who's a reverse the crown. That's a dirty homeless person. Take care. Cheerio. I did not have fun today. That was Theodore Loopy Rope. He's a Premier League manager who is now in America. He's a reverse Ted Lasso. That's simply what he is. Folks, what's the best part about the Super Bowl? That's right, Super Bowl commercials. And we here at Sportfire have been given an exclusive sneak peek of some of the most hilarious ads that will be running this year during the big game. This is every brand's biggest day of the year, and these are sure to be crazy. First up, here's what Pepsi came up with. Hey, America. This year, the biggest night of the year looks a little different. In these unprecedented times, Pepsi has been there every step of the way. And so has Coca-Cola. So have our healthcare heroes. Since these are unprecedented times, Pepsi and Coca-Cola have chosen to work together to release one advertisement this Super Bowl. Yes, these two sodas are friends now. And we're gonna give one healthcare hero a lifetime supply of both sodas. Will that help? Maybe a little bit? Think about having the most devastating year of your life and then soda happens. These times, well, they're not precedented for your body and your mouth. So do your lips a favor and choose either Pepsi or Coca-Cola this year if you're a healthcare hero. If you're not a healthcare hero, please choose between them. But do not choose Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, the official soda of the coronavirus. Oh, well, that wasn't that fun. That was, it was not really fun at all, actually. Weird. Uh, Budweiser has had Super Bowl spots for decades, though, and usually they're about a party or a wild night. Let's get a sneak preview of what Budweiser's dropping this Super Bowl. Hey, great party! Hey, is this new Bud Light seltzer? Yeah, it's surprisingly refreshing. Yeah, and speaking of surprising, aren't these unprecedented times? Yes. Yes, they are. And during these unprecedented times, Budweiser is honoring the unsung heroes, our Clydesdale horses. In a way, these horse healthcare heroes had the toughest year of all. They weren't able to prance around outside, even once. You can't put a big, big mask on a horse. So this Super Bowl, 
we're giving one horse hero a million dollars to do whatever it wants. Gonna get weird. The horse will not know how to handle this influx of liquid cash. But hey, he's earned it. Whoa, is that the unprecedented times dancers? Hey, beautiful. Here's my number. Don't lose it. Dan, that's a horse. Hell yeah. Budweiser. Remember, Dr. Pepper is the official drink of the coronavirus. Wow, seems like everybody changed their tone this year, but also went hard after Dr. Pepper. But it's not just the big boys putting out Super Bowl ads this year. With less money to go around, the price of these units is lower than ever. And that means companies that never would have gotten a Super Bowl commercial before could afford them this year. Companies like this one. Hello! Does your car need cream? Introducing Alan's Car Cream! The only cream that goes good on cars to give them that new car skin. In these unprecedented times, where's my shirt? No time for that now. Your beloved car needs a creamy sheen to get through these winter months. I've got all kinds of car cream. Ferrari cream, Mazda cream, even a soothing balm for old Toyotas. It has echinacea for the tailpipes. Anyway, thanks to the Super Bowl for giving me this ad space for free and sending all these beautiful girls to my trailer. Hey, beautiful, here's my number. <laughs> Oops, that was a horse. So what are you waiting for, Dad? Buy my cream. Alan's Car Cream, a subsidiary of Dr. Pepper. Somebody sent a bunch of horses to that guy's trailer? Why? Stick around, we will be right back with Crying Nick's Kid. This week marked the two-year anniversary of the Knicks' shocking trade of Chris Dabbs Porzingis to the Dallas Mavericks. All parties involved have moved in very different directions than we expected them to, including the parties who were there from the beginning. It's my pleasure to have the crying Knicks kid who was spotted in the stands after the Knicks drafted Porzingis on the podcast today. Crying Knicks kid, what a week for you. It's been a mental week. It has been bonkers. I, I, I barely even remember everything I've done this week. That's... That's a lot. I, I understand if we're sort of opening a can of worms here, but I figured I did want to sort of talk to you and, and catch up with you and see how you're doing now. What have the years been like since that fateful day when Porzingis was drafted and you got caught in the stands absolutely bawling? It's been, um, to be honest with you, the best thing I can compare these years to is, have you seen the movie Kids? I, I haven't. I, I haven't seen that. It uh, my life's been a mix of kids, Requiem for a Dream, Euphoria, Gummo, American Psycho, Spring Breakers, and Seven. You know the movie with the with the V. Is it the number seven? Yeah, yeah. No, I I know that movie. I know I know a lot of those movies. And I feel like they're all they're all very heavy. That's your life has been. My life like has been so flipping heavy i can't even tell you it's funny story because that night the night 
you know, where I became the crying Knicks kid back in 2015. In 2015, I wasn't even sad about the draft. I was sad. I was looking at my phone. My yayo dealer texted me saying he was all out. And I was looking at my phone and he said, sorry, bruh, can't do it tonight. And I started weeping. And then and then I went with the lie because because I didn't want to get grounded. OK, that's uh, this is a lot for me to process. You have to understand. So you a child, I'm 25 percent Knicks fan, 75 percent bad boy committed to a life of sin. And you tell this to no one. This is the first time you've told this to anybody. It's been weighing heavily on my conscience for a good six years. Have you seen the movie The Bling Ring? Not, I'm familiar in name only. My my life was a mix of The Bling Ring, the TV series Gossip Girl, Kids, Seven. Seven again, that's, that's like a serial killer movie. Why does Seven keep coming up? I cannot disclose why. I got to admit to you, crying next kid, when I had you on, I really thought we were just going to sort of have a lighthearted chat about about growing up in the Big Apple as as a fan of the hapless New York Knicks. But you are you sound pretty broken up, but about a lot of other things, not not really about the Knicks at all. Right. Are, are you OK? I've seen too much. And I'm not just talking about Jarrett Jack and Ramon Sessions. And to be fair, I barely remember watching those games. I was so zooted. My life is seven. My life is Gossip Girl. My life is Euphoria. My life is the sweet life of Zach and Cody. My life is Spring Breakers. I expected a lot more sweet life of Zach and Cody and a lot less of every other piece of media you mentioned, if I'm going to be real honest with you. My life is a bit of Donnie Darko, too, minus the time travel, but all of the teenage delinquency. I, I, I hope this isn't too forward, crying Nick's kid. I really hope it's not. But you you do still seem sad. You, you are sad, right? What, what do you what do you cry at now? Do you do you still cry? I've got seven women in love with me and they've all broken my heart. Oh, my God. I'm I'm sorry. I I didn't mean any offense by these questions. I wasn't trying to lead you down that path. But I've gotten into other things. I've gotten into other things. Oh, well, what? I would love to hear some of those. Robo tripping. Okay. I really like the Sacramento Kings actually. Oh, okay. So you're into many different varieties of getting high, but then also a middling Western Conference basketball team. Yes. So we're coming up on the anniversary of Kristaps of actually being traded from New York. Kind of a shocker for everybody. Do you remember where you were on, on that fateful day? Did you ever come around on him? I could tell you where I was, but I would be narking on myself. Got it. Well, I wouldn't want to make you do that, but... I will tell you. Okay, as much as you'd like to. I was tagging with my friend Marco. I would show you my tag. I'll email it to you. Please email me your tag. But if you share it with anyone, I will shiv you. Okay. Okay. I won't. I will shiv you. I know. I believe you based on. I roll deep. I believe you for sure. Based on what we've talked about, I absolutely. My life is a mixture of the outsiders and kids and euphoria and and looking. So you got to know KP. You're a kid about town. 
you know, in the last five years of pretty not great Knicks basketball. Did you meet any of the other players? Like, have you spent any time with the team? I hung out with Derek Favors once. Only once? Yeah. It didn't go well? I snuck into a nightclub. I dapped him up. And then he said, aren't you crying, Knicks kid? I've seen you uh, on, on, on NBA Twitter. And I said, yeah. And then his friend Bucko came over and we did so much yayo together. Yeah, no, I don't. Why do I even let the stories get to the point of the yayo? I'm trying. I, I don't I know. I know they're all going to end there. But the funniest part is that Bucko wasn't even friends with Derek Favors. I was just so in the zone that I just I just assumed they were. But it turns out they've never even met. They were just standing adjacent to each other. So I made a new friend who's not friends with Derek Favors. And I briefly met Derek Favors. Wow. That's, can I be honest with you? That lived up to all my expectations and more. That's what I was hoping you were going to say when you, when I asked, do you know any of the other players and other NBA stars? I was hoping you would say just Derek Favors. And then also another guy who was standing near him. That was definitely what I was looking for. That's not my only story though. Oh, okay. I mean, open the vault, but once again, only as far as you're willing to go. Sasha Vujacic. I briefly signed to his record label. Yeah. Okay. You make music. Beats. Okay. I would call it Dark House. My music kind of sounds like, you know, in the Matrix when they go to like a, a futuristic nightclub and everything just sounds like hypercharged drum and bass from 1998. I definitely know that. Like, that's how they imagine future music would sound like. Yes. That's the music I make. Yes. And Sasha Voyager signed you. Yeah. In Europe. Okay. So you spent time overseas. Because I have dirt on him. You have dirt on Sasha Voyager, who brought you to Europe to produce beats for him. He's not really publicly a musician. Several Polaroids of him doing rails. If I may be so bold, how old are you? 36. Oh, God. Really? Yeah, I have the Andy Milanakis thing. You've lived a remarkable life, crying Nick's kid. And you've lived many more years of it than I think any of us had any idea of. Remember when I said I was 36? Yeah, recently, during this interview. That's a half-truth. What's the full truth? 42. Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, that is Crying Nick's Kid. There's so much more to this story than I ever anticipated. Uh, E60, if you're listening, I am open to offers. Crying Nick's Kid, thank you so much for speaking to me. And uh, I will promise to sign the NDA if you have one. Also, how are we doing payment? Do you want to pay me in Venmo or do you want to just send me like maybe like how much Adderall do you think you can get? by Tuesday. I'm going to do Venmo. I do appreciate you asking, but I'm going to do Venmo. Okay, cool. That'll directly be spent on Adderall consumption. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Crying Nick's kid, everybody. That was Crying Nick's kid, everybody. The Chuck Bass of Flushing Queens. And now it's time for my final flame. I've been told because Sportfire doesn't hold this year's broadcast rights, we have to minimize the number of times we say the name of the sporting event that's occurring on Sunday. But we do need to keep talking about the big game. So what do we do? How can I share my opinions on the gigantic smash party without saying the words out loud? Am I supposed to simply ignore the tremendous melee? That doesn't seem right. 
Nobody wants to talk about, say, the Atlanta Hawks while they're all watching the massive gigantism convention. So how do you talk about the super spreader event without calling it what everyone knows it as? Simple. You come up with more creative ways to talk about Tom Brady's quinceanera. Sorry, my producers are telling me we're also not allowed to say Tom Brady. So sit down with your pod on Sunday night and enjoy the Bucks and Chiefs facing off in an all-new episode of Bridgerton. I know I will. My thanks to Eric Papereth and Michael Goodman. Reminder, we're doing Super Bowl squares, but the only numbers left are 2 and 14. See you next Thursday.